is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Hey, it's Jacqueline of SystemsForSelfCare.com, where I teach you to consistently take daily action so you can feel happier, healthier, and more confident. So today is Monday. We're going to do Meals Monday. We're going to continue on with this story about how I became a runner. Before we get to those big things, let's talk about summer. So it is officially summer, and I know some of you are struggling with being consistent, especially after this last year and a half. It's hard to know, well, what do I do? How do I take care of myself? What should I be doing? Should I jump in and do something really extreme? Do I need to train for a marathon right now? Do I need to do a whole 30? And here's the thing is um, eventually you're going to end up doing nothing. When you go all in, when you go from zero to 100, you're going to end back up at zero. Um, You'll hear more about that in these episodes. Um, And I don't want that for you anymore. I don't want you to keep ending up at zero and not really enjoying the life that you're living, not feeling happier, not feeling healthier, not feeling confident in yourself. Summer Consistency Camp, it's going to help you be consistent with meals and movement during summer and beyond. Um, When you do this, when you just consistently show up for yourself, when you consistently take care of yourself, you get to feel happier you get to feel healthier, and you're confident. You're confident in yourself. There's none of this wishy-washy, am I doing this? Am I not? Am I an active person? And uh, am I not? No, like you feel confident in how you present yourself to the world because you're actually taking care of yourself. So Summer Consistency Camp, it's a no-brainer. It is a dollar a day, a dollar a day. That's it, a dollar a day to get the support that you need to actually be consistent, the accountability you need, and a super easy plan. I'm going to help you create a plan that's going to work for you, something that you want to do. Um, This is the (laughs) the best way to go about being consistent this summer. So again, Summer Consistency Camp, we start when you are ready. It's going to close up this week, but here's the thing. Some of you have asked like, oh, I'm headed on vacation. You know, we're going out for the 4th of July. We're going to be back after that. What do I do? Here's what you need to do. Buy it now and we will schedule your first call for when you get back. So there's no like, oh my gosh, you know, I have to do this whole like intense thing over my my vacation. No, you don't. <laughs> We're going to ease into things. So buy it now because it's going to close up soon. We'll schedule your call for when you get back from vacation so that we can make this summer happy, healthy, and help you feel confident. Okay, let's jump in. We left off uh, last episode talking about how I signed up for a bunch of races. I went from zero to 100. Oops. Um, so we dro- I dropped like four or $500 on signing up for half marathons and full marathons and great, we're going to do this, right? We're going to, I'm going to do this and it's going to be so great. I'm going to lose so much weight while I'm training for this marathon. Uh, that was the, the vision that I had. And it turns out that, um, training for a marathon is very intense. It is a lot of work. If you're at zero, if you're not consistently running at all, and you need to start training for a marathon, um, that's a lot of running that you need to build in. And it's probably not the best thing for your body. Um, And if you're not used to making yourself wake up and go, it's really, really hard. And I don't regret it. 
like it is what it is. <clears throat> like that's part of my story. All of this, all of this starting and stopping, that is part of my story. It sucks. And I don't wish this on you. If you're the, in that place of like, oh, maybe I should start running. Don't, don't sign up for a marathon. It's not setting yourself up for success. It's setting yourself up for a lot of failure, a lot of learning, um, and not in a good way. There's such a smarter way to go about things. And that would be doing things bit by bit and actually creating habits that you can be sustainable with. But, um, no one was teaching that. No one was teaching that before. It was like, go big or go home. Um, do these boot camps. This is like around the time that like doing, um, yeah, like jump in and do these summer boot camps. Um, that was like what was out there, like really intense workouts. This whole idea of like easing into things that wasn't a thing that anyone doing. Okay, so we're we're gonna train for this marathon. I have this vision. I'm gonna lose so much weight. I'm gonna get in such great shape. But if you don't consistently do your runs, you don't actually go and do your three miles, do your five miles during the week. Um, it's really hard when you have to go on a long run on the weekend because your body hasn't built up the stamina. You haven't had the solid foundation. You're more likely to get injured. So training was not the best. Um, this is also around the time that I had, um, I think I was leaving teaching. I was leaving my teaching career. So I get it. I think that I, because I was leaving teaching and I didn't know what I was going to do after that career. Like I didn't have a plan like, oh, I'm leaving teaching to go and be a blank. I didn't have that. So I think that, you know, running was something that I was, it it gave me purpose. It was like, I, oh, okay, well, I'll become a runner and this is something I'll do. But like, um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't go very well. And we would do, you know, we would do our, our long runs, but it just would not go very well. It was a lot. It was very intense. It was a lot of pressure on ourselves, a lot of, um, pressure on our bodies. And I remember one time running, well, it was also really impressive. We would leave our apartment in Wicker Park and run south uh, on the diagonal on Milwaukee and then Grand, and we would get to um, the lake, and that would be pretty cool. And then we start running south on the lake, and, you know, and then we'd get to, like, Soldier Field, which is where the Bears play, and, like, downtown and museum campus. And I always thought that that was really cool, like, how cool that we just did all of this, like, how far south we are, how, you know, much distance we've covered. And I remember one time we were, we were running and I think it was supposed to be maybe our 18 mile or 20 mile. I don't know what it was, but we were running and my, um, my knees started to hurt. (laughs) Ah, Surprise. That injury started to pop up. My knees started to hurt. And I think Paul's foot started to hurt and we had just gotten a little bit past soldier field. And we were like, we don't want to do this anymore. Like, let's just quit. Like, let's just stop. Quit isn't the right word. Let's just stop because we're in a lot of pain and this isn't the type of pain to push through. Um, so we ended up going back to soldier field. We hopped in a cab. This is like before Uber was big and cabs were still everywhere. We hopped in a cab and went home and it took us like, you know, like a half hour to drive home. So on the one hand, like I was really impressed with myself, like, oh my gosh, like it's 30 minutes to drive this distance that we just ran. Like that was really cool. That was the furthest I had ever run, but also um, that was the furthest that I had ever run. I, I think that that's what I got up to was 15 miles 
and didn't get past that for marathon training when you're supposed to get up to like 18 or 20. And then marathon is 26.2 miles. So um, on the one hand, yeah, great. Good job. On the other hand, um, yikes, that's not enough training to do a marathon. And, um, but yeah, so it was kind of this, like, I think I said in the last episode, it was, I was not very consistent with my training. I was kind of sporadic, but also I am proud of myself. Like, okay, like maybe you weren't consistent, but maybe the first step is being sporadic and dipping your toes in the water and trying this out. Um, the thing though, is that I really could have gotten seriously injured, like very hurt. Um, and again, looking back, like, ah, things with my right knee were starting to pop up back then. So it is like, oh, hmm, <laughs> maybe this did not pan out so well. Thousands of dollars on physical therapy later. Um, but we, so we did, that was our longest run. And then it came time for um, the marathon or there were some half marathons thrown there. I forgot that part. <laughs> we did complete some half marathons within the um, marathon training, but it's time for the marathon and we drive to the quad cities, which is where I went to college, went to college at Augustana college, a small liberal arts college on the border of Illinois and Iowa. And, um, the race started, I want to say it started in Illinois and then crossed over to Iowa and then back into Illinois. I want to say that that's what it was, but it was really cool. Like I, I loved, um, trying something new. It was, it was a hard race to do. I mean, a marathon is hard, but this was hard because there were like five, four or five races happening at the same time. Like there was a, um, a marathon and then there was a half marathon and then there was like, uh, like a relay race happening. Um, and maybe shorter, some shorter races as well, but like all of these races were happening at the same time. So it was really, it was a mind fuck because, like people were starting and stopping and then there were new runners coming out because it was a relay and the half marathoners would just stop running. And so there were just times that we were on this, um, this running run walking in this race and you would look around and there would be no one else there. It would like, I would just see Paul and me and there would be no one within sight. So it was really, it was a lot of messing with your head happening (laughs) And, um, you know, we just, the best that we could, I'm really, really proud of myself showing up the idea of not completing it of like, you know, not, not finishing the race that never entered, entered my mind whatsoever. Um, and we did finish it and the last few miles were also very tough. I think that you like came back into Illinois and then you could see the finish line. You could see the finish line on your right, but they're like, no, 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 you need to run left and run probably like another three or five miles or something like that and come back up to the finish line. So that was hard. And, um, I remember also like, I just did not want to keep eating sugar. It like, I could feel it in my mouth and my like blood, just like, I don't want sugar. I want something salty. I want to eat like a hamburger. I don't want to keep eating gels and I don't want, like, I don't want any Gatorade. I just, I want this race to be done and I just want to eat a normal meal. Um, but we finished the race and we're so proud of ourselves. It was hard. I don't remember what our finish time was, but it was near the end of the, um, the times and 
they were like kind of tearing down the race at the end. And so that was kind of like, it was hard. And there weren't like, it wasn't like a lot of people cheering on the course and there weren't a lot of people cheering at the end of the course. So it again, it was like, it kind of messed with you. Like, oh my gosh, um, I'm excited. I finished this thing, but there's no one here to like celebrate with me. So it was one of those, like, you're going to have to be your biggest fan because there's no one else here. There's no one else here. You can rely on yourself. So just do that. Be proud of yourself and cheer yourself on and feel good. And, um, that felt really good. Yeah, we did it. Great. Right. Chuck that off. Now what? Um, I like, I think I was excited to stop running after the race was done. It was kind of a relief that I didn't have to keep running. It was kind of a relief that I didn't have to keep waking up on Saturdays and keep training. Um, and there's this part in Atomic Habits where James Clear is like, is the point of this to run a race or is the point of this to become a runner? Because races are fleeting. Goals are fleeting. The race ends. Now what? Right? And looking back, it's like my goal for the – I guess it was to finish the race and I was to lose weight in the process, which did not happen. But it was like once the race was done, I didn't want to keep running. I was sick of running. I was like, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to run, right? So it wasn't set up in a way to continue on. Um, it was like, great, I'm done. Um, it took several weeks, several weeks to want to go run again and – it was not as intense. It was like, I have to build this up again slowly and just do a few runs here and there. And I think I was working at a new company and went out running with some people in the company a few times, but like it, um, going from zero to 100, sure. Did that again. (laughs) Was it zero before the marathon? Let's call the marathon 100 and then went right back down to zero again. And that goal of like losing weight while training for the marathon, that did not happen. Um, I think that I didn't know anything about nutrition. I didn't know anything about like actually taking care of myself. Um, I was messing around with Whole30 at the time too, confused about carbs. Sometimes wasn't eating enough carbs. Um, I, I don't think that I gained a lot of weight, but I definitely did not lose a lot of weight. And it probably just kind of stayed the same. Uh, maybe built some muscle on my body from being active, but like just kind of stayed the same. There wasn't this like dramatic um, before and after photo that you'll see like on the internet, like that didn't happen. No, because there was lots of eating all of the junk food after a long, a long run um, because I hadn't properly feud before. So there wasn't anything dramatic in that sense, but I think that it was, the thing that was dramatic was, wow, I can do hard things. Like I can do things that I've never done before. Um, even if I, you know, don't expect my, like my little Jacqueline inside has no dreams of this happening, like present day Jacqueline can accomplish it. So I think that that was the only thing that was dramatic was it really did change my mindset and my beliefs about myself, my thoughts about myself. And it was good because that was when I was leaving teaching and trying to like, okay, what the hell do I do with my career now? What am I doing with my life? And um, the the company that I started working for, I actually started working for them the um, Tuesday after the marathon. And I remember I would, I was talking about training for a marathon during my interview and using it as evidence of like, I can do things. I can do things that I've never done before. Look, I've never run before. Um, I've, you know, I didn't grow up as that cross country runner, track runner. And 
uh, junior high and high school and college, but look, I'm training for this marathon and I'm going to complete it. And so I think that having something outside of my career, a hobby to be like, this is something that I'm doing and I'm doing it on my own. And I'm, you know, I'm the one pushing myself that gave me that confidence. Right. So, you know, I'm talking about summer consistency camp. Confidence isn't just about our appearance. Confidence is like believing in yourself and knowing that you can do hard things. And so I gained confidence from doing this marathon for sure. I proved to myself I can do hard things. Um, but again, <laughs> it didn't last, didn't go so well, didn't, it didn't, um, it didn't stick, didn't stick at all. It was back at maybe not zero, but like one from zero to 100 back to one and running was inconsistent. Again, it was very sporadic. And when, um, is December, as we started to approach December again, it was like, great, I'm back at where I was before. Now what? Like, you know, um, how do I how do I keep myself going? Um, you know, I messed up I messed up my my 30 days of exercise, my whole 30 last year for my 30th birthday. What if I did something for my 31st birthday? So that is when I did another <laughs> zero to one hundred thing. And I decided, hey, I'm gonna run. Um, it's my 31st birthday. And I'm going to run 31 days in a row. I'm going to do a 31-day running streak. And I didn't have those terms, that that term running streak. But I was like, I'm going to run 31 days in a row. I'm going to run one mile. And I remember I wrote this on a little sheet of paper. And I posted it up on um, my mirror outside of my bathroom. I had full-length mirror, looked at that mirror every day. And there was like a little like thing. And it said, like, I'm going to run every day for 31 days to prove to myself that I can do something without quitting. Cause I think I, I think I felt a little sad, a little disappointed in myself that I didn't do so much for, with the marathon training that I kind of like half-assed it, um, three-fourths asked it. I don't know. But I was like, you know, you really, it would, you would feel so much better if you actually like really put in the time and the effort and you were consistent with this. And I think that that was what I was looking for. So, um, and I didn't have the vocabulary back then when we talk about motivating factors and pain and pleasure, but the pain I wanted to stop feeling was I wanted to stop feeling disappointed in myself. And I didn't want to be that person that half-assed it. And the pleasure, I wanted to be consistent. I wanted to show up and do the thing and actually like see it to fruition, like actually do it, not half-ass it, like full-ass it. <laughs> I wanted to full-ass my December, right? So I, um, that was it. I, great. I'm going to run one mile every single day for 31 days. And so as I was going through December, like it wasn't really all that hard. It wasn't hard because I just had it set in my, my mind that this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to feel like a failure. Like I did last December. I'm not going to feel like a failure. Like I kind of sort of did through the marathon training. I don't want to half-ass this. I want to full-ass this. So it wasn't hard to show up and run the one mile because it it was in my head that that was just, that was just what I was going to do. Right. And so as I got closer to my 31st birthday, uh, December 30th, someone was like, oh, is this a running streak? And I had, again, I had never heard that, that term before. Um, she's like, are you streaking? And I was like, I guess I am. And so as we got closer, I was like, you know what? Let's, this isn't enough. Let's go all in. Let's do even more, right? You're at zero to 100. Let's do zero to 150. 
uh, I guess it would be zero to 100 because I decided to do a 100 day running streak. So 31 wasn't enough. I decided I'm going to keep running until I hit 100. And um, that's what I did. So every day for 100 days, I ran a mile. And a lot of times it was a run walk mile, but I always made sure to get it done. I would not say that I created a habit with it because the um, it, there was never a specific spot in my day that I was going to do it, but I just knew that I was going to do it. Um, but <laughs> that in not having a specific time in my day that I was going to do it, that did at times create some anxiety because, um, or stress or like anger in myself because it would get to the end of the night and I'd be like, I don't want to go run, but I have this stupid thing that I'm doing. And so that would force me to go and I would get it done. But I don't think that this created a good relationship with running. Um, because there, yeah, there was just like a lot of like, I don't want to go do this, but I have to do this. And so, during this time, life did uh, get a little um, jumbled up. It got a little jumbled up. So I had left teaching, was working at a new company, a tech startup in downtown Chicago. Things were changing with Paul's career. And he um, went on an interview. And that was when we decided that we were going to move to Atlanta. So I remember telling my mom that I'm moving to Atlanta just a few days before Christmas. And I was like, hey, actually, uh, we're moving to Atlanta and Paul's leaving the day after Christmas. So Paul moved to Atlanta the day after Christmas. I stayed in Chicago and got things together and like packed up the rest of our apartment and, you know, and like gave our landlord our 30 days notice and whatever. But even throughout all of that, like all of those life changes, um, him moving, me being in Chicago by myself, me moving, still got my one mile in. Like I was serious about doing this because, right, like I wanted to prove to myself I could do something without quitting. Didn't want to half-ass things anymore. So I showed up and I did it, you know, as we were um, making the trek from Chicago to Atlanta, still got up, you know, like left the hotel room and went for a run. Or there, were, there was a time that I was staying with my parents in between me moving um, getting to Atlanta, I stayed with my parents for a little bit on, you know, Chicago winters, ran on their treadmill, um, but made it happen, always made it happen, got to Atlanta, uh, tired from, you know, the all of the driving, made sure that I went for a run. Um, so when I look back, it is pretty cool that that is something that I stayed committed to. And my mile time actually did improve a lot. That's actually, now that I think about it, towards the end of the 100 days, Um, I started like, what if I could get faster? What if I like push myself to get faster? And I think because we had a gym in our apartment complex, so I could like, you know, keep the, the time pretty steady and I could push myself on the treadmill and like make it go, you know, make the the speed go really high. So I actually got my mile time down. I want to say the fast, my fastest mile time was just a few days before hitting 100. And it was something like, Oh gosh, was it in the sevens or the six? Seven fifty three, six fifty three. I don't remember. It was either seven fifty three or six fifty three. This is how much I don't actually care about times, um, but I got down pretty fast, um, and that felt good. That was cool. Um, but as we near day one hundred, 
Um, I was so excited to stop running. Oh, I was so excited to stop. And actually leading up to, there's so many things that different, so many things that happened. That is how we started run with Jacqueline day. Um, on the 100th day of running, I'd been posting it on social media and kind of like people were excited for me, but over 100 people ran one mile with me on run with Jacqueline day. And that was pretty cool to see, but like, I was so excited to stop running. Great. I don't have to do this stupid thing anymore. So this idea of like, cool, I'm going to build this habit with running. That didn't happen. The idea, what did I write? I want to prove to myself that I can do something without quitting. Great. That was the pain that I wanted to get away from, but I had not defined the pleasure that I wanted. All I knew was I wanted to prove myself that I, you know, without quitting. Great. I didn't quit within the 100 days. Sure. I, but I definitely quit after the 100 days. Running was not built into my schedule. It was not something easy and fun. It was it was stressful and hectic and annoying. It was annoying at times, right? And I had no, what does this look like? What's the end game? Like, what, what, what does this look like after the 100 days? That was not something in my mind. So we talk about like building habits that you can be consistent with during a period of time and beyond, right? Like I'm talking about summer consistent camp. You know, I want to help you build a habit for 35 days and beyond, right? So when the 35 days are up, great. It wasn't this big struggle, but actually you can add another habit and do that for another 35 days and then build another habit. So you have this strong foundation that you keep building on instead of every 35 days, you completely tear yourself up and have to start over at zero. And that's what happened with the 100 day running streak. After the 100 days, I said, F it, I don't want to run anymore. I was so relieved to wake up on day 101 and not have to run. There was no strong foundation built. I was sick of running. And I was just like, great. Anything besides running sounds good to me. So that is when I kind of got started with more strength training and lifting heavy weights and you know, working on that. But like when I look back at it, it like it did kind of feel like a waste. Like Look at this. I keep starting and stopping. Once again, I starting and stopping. Um, these competitions that everyone's doing, you know, everyone's doing like a weight loss challenge at their gym or everyone's doing like a race or they're doing like an eight-week DVD program. This is when like 21-day fix is really big and hammer and chisel and all of these things, all of these, you know, 12-week, you know, three-week, 12-week, eight-week, whatever programs. Um, all of those things, all they did was encourage me to start and stop. Start and stop, start and stop. When do we actually be consistent? And this is just how life is. It took some time to get there. We're going to talk more about that in the next episode, but it feels good because I'm there now. I wasn't there for a long time. There was all that starting and stopping and all of that frustration and disappointment and like feeling annoyed with myself. All of that kept happening. But now there's no more starting and stopping. It's just continuing on, right? Like I wake up on a Monday and I'm like, oh, what what plan am I starting today? No, it's like, hey, you're just continuing on and it's a great place to be. So we're going to make the jump. We're going to, let's talk a little bit about, um, Perfect eating and the five P's, even on weekends, right? So today's a Monday, starting my Monday with the same habits that I start every Monday with. This is just how it is. And not even just every Monday, but this is how it is every day of the week, starting with a morning walk with the pup and paw walk. That's what I've been calling it. Go for a walk, right? And then I'm going to eat my breakfast. So breakfast this morning, um, not starting a new diet. It's just the normal thing. But I play around with the five Ps, right? So, okay, um, what do I want for breakfast? It's going to have the five Ps. So this morning, 
that was a planty protein shake. So it's like uh, a plant-based protein powder from PE Science. So I had like a cho- chocolate and almond milk. So I'm getting some planty protein. I think it's made with pea protein. And then I didn't really want vegetables this morning. Um, and I didn't really want my yogurt. And so I just pulled out some bread from the freezer. We have sprouted grain bread. I cannot remember the brand of it, but pull two slices of it from the freezer. You have to freeze this bread because um, I mean, it gets moldy fast. And also I don't eat bread a ton. So whenever we get bread, I just put it in the freezer and then you make toast with it. So pulled two slices of sprouted grain bread, toasted it, and then put a little bit of peanut butter on one with some sliced banana. I don't measure out the peanut butter. Um, I just know what an amount of peanut butter that, you know, it's enough to taste good, but it's not this overpowering, like, oh, now I'm eating so much peanut butter. I know it from prior prior mess ups with peanut butter. If I have too much, it does, like, I just feel gross. It feels like it's in the back of my throat and it's not being digested. It's just sticking there. So I know just a little bit of peanut butter is good for me. A little bit will do me. So sliced bread, uh, toast, a little bit of peanut butter, and then sliced up probably a fourth of a banana and put it on top of one slice. And then the other slice had um, this watermelon jelly from Trader Joe's. It's very sweet when I got it. I was so excited because I'm a sucker for marketing and, you know, gimmicky things. I was like, ooh, watermelon. I I love watermelon. But wait, I love actual watermelon. This is watermelon flavored things. It's like a Jolly Rancher in the form of jelly. So it's very, very sweet. So just put, I just put a little bit of that on my toast. And then that was my breakfast this morning. Um, And also a glass of water, of course, plenty of water. All of it is on a plate and I'm sitting there and I'm eating it. So the five Ps, it looks different every day, right? The five Ps I think I shared last week or before it was, you know, it's like I'll have yogurt, Greek yogurt with some sort of planty protein thing on top. And this was, looks completely different, but I'm still making sure that I'm using the five Ps. Why am I using the five Ps for my breakfast? Well, it helps me create a balanced breakfast. So I'm not eating a breakfast that is just a donut. I'm not eating just a pastry for breakfast because that is not going to help me feel good. I'm going to feel gross. And the energy from that, I'm going to have a sugar crash and then I'm going to feel hungry, very hungry, right? So this is like a nice balanced breakfast. Um, I know that I get to feel good from it. It's going to give me the energy that I need, but also like it actually tastes good. It's not like I'm sitting there eating kale for breakfast or it's not like I'm sitting there eating dry oatmeal with nothing fun on it. It's a balanced breakfast and it helps me. It's like that little bit of structure to help me keep going. So now I don't jump from zero to 100. I'm always just like, cool, (laughs) just stick in with what's working for me, but I'm not yo-yoing or doing the diet triangle. I'm just sticking with what's working. But what what it looks like is it's going to change a little bit. But the five Ps, it's just that like enough structure, enough boundaries and structure to guide what I put on my plate, but it's not so much that it is mm, overbearing or super strict, right? Like it was a delicious looking, I just posted on Instagram. It's just a quick photo, but um, it was a delicious breakfast. It was delicious and it was filling. Um, So that's what incorporating the imperfect eating in the five Ps looks like for me on a Monday morning. And guess what? (laughs) Tomorrow morning and the next morning and Thursday and Friday, right? And Saturday and Sunday, it basically looks the same. Mm, You'll see there's some, there's the five Ps there, but what's 
it within the five P's might look a little bit different. When I talked about marathon training, I didn't have this. I did not know anything about nutrition. I was, there were days that I wasn't eating anything or there were days that I was eating 12 donuts. There were days that I wasn't eating any carbs because I was afraid of eating carbs. And there were days that I was like, I should eat five sweet potatoes today and cover them in cheese, right? I didn't know anything about nutrition. This is just enough structure to help me keep going. And also not so much that I'm over like super obsessive about what I'm eating. I don't have many calories are in this. I don't know how many uh, macros are in this or, you know, plants, um, protein and fat and carbs. I don't know, but what I know is this is a solid breakfast that gives me energy and that's all I need to know. If I just stick with that and my meals stay pretty much the same, but I just increase my movement gently, I'm going to be in a good place. I've actually, I know I've lost weight over the last year and a half. I don't know how much weight, um, it doesn't really matter, but I know that my body looks the best that it's ever looked, but it's gotten here because I've been consistent and I'm not doing that jumping around like crazy stuff anymore. So anyways, that is what Imperfect Eating the 5Ps looks like for me on a Monday morning. I hope that you are able to incorporate, you know, use the 5Ps, use it. It can look so different. Um, in Summer Consistency Camp, I have so many different examples of how to make it work for you, especially if you, um, if you're gluten-free or if you're vegan, you choose not to eat meat, right? There's, it's so easy to take the five P's and use it in a way that's going to match up with like your dietary restrictions that you have, because you actually have a medical condition or you're not eating meat for ethical reasons, right? Um, not because you're like, oh, carbs, they're the worst thing in the world, but like you actually have legit reasons to change how you're eating. The five Ps can work for you. Um, again, summer consistency camp, it's going to help you be consistent this summer. You're going to stop yo-yoing. You're going to get off the diet triangle. You're just going to be consistent. You're going to feel happier, healthier, and more confident when you are consistently showing up for yourself, when you're consistently taking care of yourself. It's a dollar a day, a dollar a day. Click the link in the show notes because this is going to count. Uh, this is going to close this week. Um, do not wait. Click the link in the show notes to get started. I will see you in tomorrow's episode. Have an amazing day. 